0: This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, August 25th, the Mom Group Messiness Edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast, and I live in Detroit with my family. My oldest, Noah, is almost five, and my youngest, Ami, is almost two.
1: I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine, and we live in Los Angeles.
2: I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
0: Today's letter writer is feeling left out of her mom groups. The kids get along great, and the other moms are cordial enough, but they never invite her to hang out with them outside of the group and never reciprocate invitations. Our dear letter writer is left feeling like an afterthought. Don't worry, we've got some thoughts for her. And for these other moms. Then on Slate Plus, we're going to be talking about the morning rush out the door. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus.
2: I think what makes it feel so crazy is this overarching feeling of like, I also don't want to push them out the door with me in a bad mood, because that is the wrong foot, right? (laughs) So like, what can we do to get us out on a good foot, but also prepared? It is just this small moment that sort of encapsulates everything about parenting.
0: (laughs) You get more of our show and a bunch of other slate favorites every week. If you have Slate Plus, you also get to avoid all the ads and get unlimited access to the Slate website. It's truly the best way to support our show. So please consider signing up if you can. You can join by going to Slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Again, that's slate.com slash mom and dad plus. Okay, we're gonna catch up on our weekend parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second. Alright, we're back, Jamila. Have you triumphed or failed this week?
1: So, as I mentioned uh, in a recent episode, Naeem and I found a recipe online for an Oreo cookie cake that consists of taking 28 Oreos, one cup of water, putting them in a blender, baking them in your microwave, topping them with some more crushed Oreos, and somehow having a delicious cake. I got the recipe from the Korean Vegan, and she, um, that's her handle. You know, the Korean Vegan, but that's actually her online persona. That's her name. And... We tried to find Oreos. There's a mini Oreo shortage going on in the country, or at least there was in the last couple of weeks. So there were no plain Oreos around our house. I bought some store brand cookies, made the most disgusting, weirdest just awful tasting substance because I can't call it a cake it was shiny on the bottom I just like I can't get past that it was shiny it was shiny it was shiny and it was awful and so we got some Oreos uh last week and even though I was going out of town for a few days and like we were going to make a cake and nobody would be here to eat it I was like let's just do it if it's still good we can eat it when we come back and so we we bought Oreos put them in the blender It's just not good. I suspect there's a version of this that works. I know there's another Oreo microwave cake recipe online that was big on TikTok where you use, I think it's three Oreos, and it's milk instead of water. So I think it's a couple of tablespoons of milk. And I suspect that maybe that would be less disgusting somehow. But I don't know if I even ever want to have another blended up Oreo because... Yeah, it's just, it was a weird consistency. Like, it's it's wet. It's very moist. But I ate, I put a little ice cream on top of it. And, like, chocolate and ice cream will always work out. So it was not a terrible dessert. But I would not recommend the Oreo cake. So I'm curious to hear if it works out for you. I would suggest, like, you do. I'm going to try Euro- the
2: mug. I'll try the milk and the mug. And then I'll
1: still have Oreos to eat. Yes, you'll have plenty of <laughs> Oreos left. You won't have put all 28 of them into a mess. Yeah,
2: into the cake. Do you okay. know that when I was googling, I didn't realize that Oreo is the knockoff. Like the hyd- Hydrox, hyd- Hydrox dro- came first. They came first. Really? And then the Oreo and then but you use something else. <laughs> last time you used the Kroger brand. I used the yeah. Kroger
1: brand or the Rouse brand. Same thing. Yeah, yeah just I think they're terrible. all owned by Kroger now. Um I think so. <laughs> We so, have the
2: same off-brand here. So
1: don't buy those cookies, the 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 or whatever they're called. If you have a Kroger-owned grocery store near you and you can't find Oreos, just give up.
2: I'm gonna try the mug and I'll report back because I bought the Oreos to try it, but didn't get around to it.
0: Meanwhile, I'm just gonna eat 28 Oreos. Like I, that's what I usually do. Seems you like that's much better.
1: That, that that is the smarter choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's the best thing you can do for yourself <laughs> in these troubled times.
2: Yeah, exactly. But why waste them? Okay, I'll try the mug and report back.
0: Elizabeth, how about you?
2: Okay, well, we had kind of a whirlwind weekend. We um, flew the whole family out to Texas. Um, We have a very dear friend. It's actually um, Henry's godfather who uh, has cancer, and it does not look like he is going to make it. And so when we asked kind of, what do you want to do? He... He wanted to gather together with all of the kids. So a couple of Jeff's very close college friends and all of their kids like get together and have a really great weekend. And so we did that. We got this lake house and we had this amazing weekend of just being able to be together as a group of friends and have all these kids together, which is something that we have not really been able to do. Like There were certain kids that had never met each other or that had never met the other adults and um, visits had kind of become like... If an adult was traveling for work or something nearby, they would stop by. So, like, we just really hadn't have everyone together. It was great. We said goodbye on Sunday and headed to the airport. And I say all this to say, like, Jeff and I were in kind of a strange headspace because we had had this amazing weekend. We were also, like, very sad. You know when you're, like, sitting with all those big emotions and then just, like, anything is too much? Well, Dallas then got, like, so... So much rain. So much rain. The airport basically shut down. Um, Our flight was kind of late. We were sitting at the airport and we could just see flights start to cancel. There's like thunder and lightning everywhere. Our flight cancels and the kids are picking up on kind of our weird state and are kind of just like crazy and we're trying to figure out like okay we need we had returned our rental car like we need a hotel to stay at we need to like rebook our flight so like both of us are needed and this person sitting at the same we were like at this big table just was like looked at Henry and we had we had kind of been chatting before he's a winemaker um they said Do you want to learn like a cool origami thing? In hospitality school, I learned to fold napkins. And within three minutes, had all three kids making fortune tellers and swans and all of these things. I had a notebook and he was drawing things and literally for an hour played with my children. This person had a book, was sitting by themselves with a glass of wine. I am sure this is is not how they thought their day would go. I felt like I had been given a little angel like Uh, They went and helped our kids do a few things like gather up things to pack up once we had kind of figured things out. It gave us time to both be on our phones and get our computer up. So in the spirit of just like people out there who assist you for literally no payback, I mean, maybe (laughs) this like made him feel good, but... I just am so thankful because I'm not sure how we would have moved forward. Like, I'm sure it would have been fine, but we probably would have yelled at children because that's kind of where it it was getting to is like when you just feel like I have to focus on this task or we will not have a place to sleep. And and the kids are just bouncing off the wall. Um, Instead, they learned to make fortune tellers and cranes, which they were doing and showed their friends. We didn't get in until... Mid morning on Monday and got out before just before they closed the airport again. But I just want to say thank you to all the mysterious, kind people out there, like this person at DFW who just like totally saved our evening and enabled us to get the kids to a hotel and still get up for, you know, to be back at the airport at like three in the morning. So my triumph is for someone else, (laughs) like for this person. You are a wonderful human. Thank you.
0: That's so nice. Well, so my thing this week is. I remember a couple of years ago I was talking to my neighbor, a dad to three children, and I remember he, distinctly him telling me that he didn't really love parenting until like his kids turned 2. He thought that was the time that he himself could like finally start bonding with them. And I've just been thinking about that in the last week or so because I feel like something clicked. I've just been so excited to be a parent the last couple of weeks. It's been like so sweet. Um I think it's partly because Ami started to sleep. I think I mentioned several weeks ago that he started climbing out of his crib and uh it, it was a challenge. It's it still is a challenge to get him to go to sleep, but he's staying asleep and we've just been having such sweet times as a family. I've just been so happy to be a dad in a way where it like feels like the four of us are like best friends, and uh I've been just feeling very grateful for my kids to be who they are, who they're becoming. We had like an amazing weekend where we kind of took this impromptu trip to a beach an hour away from our house and they played really nicely with their friends. And then the four of us found this like hole in the wall, Italian spot with like amazing homemade pasta in this random ass suburb, in a strip mall like outside Detroit and it was just like wow there are adventures out there and we can go on them when we decide we want to be adventurous and then last night Ami was fast asleep but Noah our five-year-old she for some reason got up in the middle of the night and she came into our bed at like three in the morning and then like woke up at five and then I was just a complete asshole this morning and forgot everything i just told you because i hadn't slept <laughs> it was like oh yeah things have been clicking so well because everyone's been sleeping and then like one night of bad sleep and i turned into my old grinch self so um it was a kind of reality check but uh regardless all the great memories that we've made in the last couple of weeks have not been completely obliterated and in fact i'm still very excited about all this stuff so it's just been a sweet a sweet week or two for me
2: I think it's so good to spend time really in those moments and thinking back on those moments because in parenting, we get bogged down so much in the little things and in like having to get through life at the same time as being a parent. And so those tend to pop up. Like like we think about kind of the bad things or, or reminisce about the things that didn't go right. And I have like a little book by my bed where I write down those kind of things to try to make it so that that is what I am focused on because I want the highs to feel (laughs) like higher than the lows feel lower. You can't always do that, but I can play a small role in being like, these are those moments. Because I I know that feeling that you're talking about where you've just had these like magical, like, we're going to be okay. Like these clicking moments of like, this is really good. And you can't sit there forever. (laughs) But when you do, I think it's nice. To just share.
0: On that note, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be tackling today's question. Let's dive into our listener question. It's being read, as always, by the sensational Shasha Leonard.
3: Dear mom and dad, does anyone else feel like they're always the outsider? I'm in two mom groups, one for each child. And it's clear that there's an inner circle and an outer circle. No matter what I do, I'm in the outer circle. Truth be told, it hurts my feelings. I can't help but think I'm doing something wrong. I don't think I'm awkward or have trouble picking up social cues, but they're always hanging out without me. I've since muted slash unfollowed them on social media, so I don't see these triggers. I tried getting to know them better by inviting them out one-on-one, and it always goes fine, but I never get an invite back in return. When I text in the group chats about meeting up, no one responds. I'm tired of always being the one who reaches out. The easy answer is to just drop the groups, but my kids are tightly embedded with their kids. Also, the other moms aren't doing blatantly terrible things to me. I'm just overlooked. An afterthought, which is sad on its own. They all do sleepovers, and we're not a sleepover family. They're all white, and I'm not. Maybe those two factors have something to do with it? I don't know. It's hard to be a non-white American in a group full of white Americans. I've dealt with this my entire life, but now that my kids are involved, I'm seeing the disparity more than ever, and I want to protect them from ever feeling the way that I feel right now. It sucks always being on the outside. It's also embarrassing that I'm in my 40s and still dealing with this high school crap. Vent complete. Thanks for listening. Tired of being on the outside.
1: Well, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this. Tired of being on the outside. This sucks. Um, I've got experience being inside and outside of inner circles. and know that it doesn't feel good to want to be closer to people or to want to be included in things or to be invited, and it just doesn't happen. And you're putting out, you know, you're putting your best foot forward. You've invited people to places, and they're just not reciprocating. Fuck these bitches. F-T-B. Okay? Like, these are not your friends, and that might suck. You probably wouldn't like them that much anyway, because if they were cool people, they would be trying to hang out with you, you know? You said when you go out with them, you said it goes fine. You didn't say, like, we have an amazing time. I'm just confused as to why it doesn't, you know, continue and why it doesn't lead to, to more invites. These people probably really suck, You know, it is possible that this is happening in part or with some of them because you are non-white people naturally do gravitate toward folks like themselves and unfortunately white people who are the majority in this country have been known to you know choose themselves over other groups of people or finding themselves being more comfortable around each other so they may not think that they're being racist they may not feel like they're you know rejecting you because you're different but you are different and so it just does not occur to them that they should be trying to have a stronger relationship with you for any number of reasons and I think you should let that go I don't think you have to participate in mom groups in order for your child to stay active with their kids. If you feel otherwise, then stay active with the groups, but just limit your interactions too. If there's an official event, there's a kid's birthday party, we're all there, you know, like cool. These people are not part of your social circle and that's fine. You do what you need to do to maintain the relationship between their children and your children. You show up to the events that you need to show up to. And then when it comes time for you to have people that you spend time with when your kids are at school or, you know, with their other parent or doing whatever they do when you get some time to yourself to be with other adults, find people who want to be around you. Think about maybe joining a meetup group, signing up for a pottery class or a cooking class you know something that you would be interested in doing where you can go out and meet new people because i would suspect that that's probably part of the challenge here it's not just that you want to hang out with these people but you may be wanting to have some new people to hang out with and that's totally fine but i don't you you can't force this group of moms into being your crew because that's just not who they are just make sure you're checking in with your kids just to be safe you know because i think you would probably have some inclination by now you know if something was going on but just to be safe, you know, make sure that your children are being treated well by these people's children and that they feel okay being non-white kids in a largely white environment. And when and where you can, find some kids who look like your kids for them to be around too. Like, that's important, you know? I mean, I don't know if you are just completely outnumbered and there's no other family that looks like you in town, but to the extent that you can, I think it's worth also finding some other non-white kids. You know, they may not have the same background as you, but other non-white kids for your children to be around just so that they can have some experience with feeling normal or not feeling that, you know, that they're inherently just different.
2: I think, too, excluders tend to raise excluders, even if they're not purposefully excluding. You want your kids in a group in which they feel, um, you know, completely included. Like, I I think you wrote this because you're worried about your kids feeling like this, I'm worried that maybe they do feel like this, but in the same way, they feel like, oh, well, these are our mom's friends or these are the friends that we hang out with. And I, Jamil, I love your point that, like, you don't have to dump these people. If everything is going great with your kids, these can be your kids' friends who you go to things with, right? But you deserve to have friends that want to and do text you and invite you out. Because you're amazing. Like, you are an amazing person and you deserve to be around people who think you are amazing and appreciate you and are there for you and not always being the one chasing. This is like a wake-up call that these people are not for you. And I know that is, like, hard, but there are so many groups and moms out there, and there are other moms that are for you that you need to find. (laughs) And that that is the hard part, right? Like finding a good mom group is hard, but there are just so, there are so many moms and kids out there, and there's going to be someone who wants to do all these things and is going to be, in some respect, chasing you. Like that's what you want, is that they're also replying to you. To these other moms, if you are in a mom group and someone is inviting you out like one-on-one, This is like a, a, you should reciprocate in some way, because most of the time that is the mom taking some kind of risk to say, like, I want to be your friend, right? I feel like, don't you notice that, you know, our letter writer is always texting and no one ever replies? Don't you have any feelings about that at all? I don't know. I feel like when I see that in a group, you know, it makes me think about how we as a group are behaving and how can we make sure that everyone feels included, right? You don't have to do every sleepover and everything, like not every group that you're in do all the things together. And I think also because you don't do sleepovers, you know, letter writer, you can't be mad when they do do sleepovers, right? Like if you have rules against things and then you don't do them, but we're in the same boat we don't do sleepovers um except in very specific situations so sometimes that means that the kids are are left out of things i can't be mad about that but i can also seek out other families and other situations where we can have those same experiences with the kids. I just feel for you because momming without friends or without close friends is the is the worst. Like that is what I dread the most about moving somewhere is this like, okay, well, <laughs> I gotta like find some people to do this with and and not just to fill my days, but like someone that has those shared experiences and that you can go to for all of the things, uh, where to take kids to things in town, how to deal with a you know, particular situation, finding out what's going on at school. I mean, all of that is done through friendships. And so I, I really think it is okay to walk away from this group and go find yourself a bestie who is going to be there for you because you need that and you deserve that.
0: I'm curious, if you think about the like the last couple friends you've made as adults, how did you find them?
1: The three closest friends I've made in L.A. One, we went to college together, but we didn't know. We were high and by back then, so we just reconnected. You know, we followed each other on social media. She messaged me like, you're my best friend in my head. You know, I think our daughters would get along. And we became, you know, good girlfriends from that, and our kids became friends. One guy was, when I met him, he was waiting tables, and I think we were hitting on each other a little bit, and... um. We just exchanged info and became good friends from that. And then the other person I think I met from friend. Like, we'd maybe done a panel together or had a friend in common. Like, yeah, I guess the one who I met at his job was the only one I literally just met, like, a random person. You know, like, it was not, like, someone who was introduced to me. It's very hard to make friends when you're not, like introduced to somebody but that and I guess Elizabeth we have this in common we don't work in offices you know because when I worked a lot of my social life involved people from I mean I do work but you know when I when I worked for when I had a regular job when
2: you're in an office it's easier there's a lot of people sitting around yeah (laughs) they all need to eat
1: (laughs) yeah we went out you know let's go get (laughs) drinks after work that kind of thing what about you Elizabeth how have you made friends
2: I cast a very wide net i asked for phone numbers if i have had a nice conversation with you in the park and i have been rejected so many times that i don't even feel it anymore and i think that's the thing but you
0: asked for someone's number and they said no thank you
2: yeah it's totally happened it's totally happened
0: how did they reject you
2: they'll just say like oh i don't give out my number or something like that and i'm just like okay cool thanks for a great play date but guys i mean for every time that's happened right someone has given me a number. This move back to Colorado was easier because we had lived here before. So I knew a couple people that had kids the same age, but obviously, like, our lives have gone in different directions. So while they're lovely friends and we hang out, some of them have gone back to work. And when I was here before, they were stay-at-home moms, right? Some of them have many more children and are doing things. Um, Most recently, my neighbor, who I love, like, sort of casually said to me, oh, I can't, (laughs) like, I can't do that. We have, like, a neighborhood group of moms that meet for wine. (laughs) And I was sort of like, oh, are they taking new members? (laughs) Like how to like making a joke about applying and had her invite me. I essentially asked for an invite to this thing and met a whole bunch of new women. And a couple of them I feel like are great. I you know, asked her to get numbers and I just text people and listen. Some of them either they reject me or it just doesn't pan out. Right. Like I met someone once. It was great. And then they're Turns out, not really my people. I just accept that as sort of, that's totally fine. It's okay to let them go by the wayside. Um, And I try to keep the ones that I really enjoy and that we can do stuff together. And I think there are all kinds of friends to have. There are mom friends to have. There are going out friends to have, you know, trying to find those. For me, it's just about asking. And like I said, when people reject you, I honestly in my head just think, well, someone that would reject me would not be a person I wanted to be friends with anyway.
0: For sure. It's a very healthy attitude you have. Well, tired of being on the outside? Please let us know how it goes. Everyone else, have you ever experienced anything like this? Or do you have some advice for a letter writer? Let us know by emailing us at momanddad at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's it for our show. We will be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday, so be sure to tune in. While you're at it, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson, Anna Phillips, and Christy Tywal McInjula, For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening. All right, Slate Plus listeners, let's keep it going. We wanted to gather back in our reading circle to discuss an interesting piece by Angela Garbles in Romper. It's called The Morning Rush: Parenting at Its Most Essential. Elizabeth, can you bring us up to speed on this?
2: I think it's probably actually best summed up by this quote taken from the article, which is, "'Taking care of children may feel like drudgery and fair.' It often is, but I know that the repetitive circles we walk every morning wears a groove into their consciousness, their souls. It is precisely this intimate bodily knowledge specific to each child cultivated day by day that gives them a sense of security, safety, and love. We feel like we are going nowhere, but time marches forward whether we notice or not so imperceptibly that it can feel like a betrayal. So she she sums up this idea that this thing we all go through, whether you are homeschooling, you have preschoolers, or you're just trying to get your children out the door to anything, which is the chaos that we call, right, transitioning from the house to outside, is actually the some of the most important parenting work. And I think it is something that I hadn't really thought of that way, right? Like, It is for me in my brain a moment I prepare for. Like my countdown is constantly like to when we need to start getting shoes on. Um, Nobody will be surprised that Oliver needs to be started on this journey (laughs) well before anyone else because his shoes are never where they're supposed to be and then getting them on. But this idea that I know that about each of my kids and that I am shepherding us through this as an act of love is something I hadn't really thought about. It makes this beautiful moment out of what in my house is chaos.
0: It really is a beautiful piece. And especially how she ends it. Talking about the eventuality of you know her kids growing up to where they won't live in the house anymore. And she says, in reality, I'll be at home trying out a new routine that I suspect I'll be cultivating for decades to come. Letting go. Like this morning routine business, which is so chaotic, is going to end one day for us. We are not going to be doing this forever and that's gonna be a profound day you know the day your kid goes off to college or moves out of the house when you just like don't have to do the thing that you've been doing for 18 years and of course the morning routine evolves as your kids get older like she notes in the piece like her second grader is making her own eggs and peanut butter and jelly sandwich now but I've been thinking about that a lot too and it kind of goes back to what I was um, thinking about over this last week or so of just parenting being just this very sweet spot right now that it's not gonna always be like this and this morning routine thing I get stressed out too easily in the mornings and I just have to remember that uh first of all if we're five minutes late to school who cares she's in pre-k but even if you're in third grade whatever I remember my mom told me this a while ago that the parenting project is to give your kids roots and wings and I find that the the morning routine is like this great metaphor for that like you're holding them as close as you can and trying to prepare them for them to fly away each day. And it's thinking about it like that, I think, um, kind of makes that ritual a little more profound than we might often give it credit for.
2: I think a lot of times, like when Oliver can't find his shoes, it crosses my mind, like, what are you going to do when I you don't have me that remembered that I saw them, you know, here, but I'm also like, no, I'm trying to ingrain in him these life skills slowly you know each hey if we just move our shoes here <laughs> they're always here which which is a bigger you know a bigger thing about preparedness and about trying to prep a lot of the morning rush you know comes from things that we towards the end of the day didn't do because we were tired and now we have to do in the morning when the time is compressed like how do i convey those things But also, you're right, like, I I think what makes it feel so crazy is this overarching feeling of, like, I also don't want to push them out the door with me in a bad mood, because that is the wrong foot, right? (laughs) So, like, what can we do to get us out on a good foot, but also prepared? It is just this small moment that sort of encapsulates everything about parenting.
1: (laughs) It's extreme parenting. It's, you know, it just feels like so much so fast in the mornings, like... There are just so many things that have to be done before you get in the car, before you put a kid on the school bus. And, like, I can't believe there was a time in which I also had to get myself ready and out the door because I go out dirty, you know? Like, I drop night, I put on some sweats, and I come back and I start my day. But, like you know, most parents are doing this and then also preparing themselves to leave the house and to do battle with the world, you know? And, like, that's such a jarring experience. You're having these tender moments with your child and maybe not so tender moments, but you're having time with your people, you know, the ones who matter the most to you. And then they're pushed out. Then they're gone, you know? And you're left to face the world without them. And it's, it's oh, I don't know. I just have, like, this feeling of, like, sadness when I drop Naima off. There's some days where I would have this, like, kind of anticipation where it's like okay we're almost at the school great she'll be out the car I can get my day started I can do things and like the older she's gotten strangely enough like I and I guess part of it is because she's such a good little conversationalist and you know like when she gets out the car I'm like oh man I miss her now I'm alone
2: no I mean gosh if that doesn't just sum up parenting the the both wanting to hold them close (laughs) And also push them away at the same time. <sighs> I did put a little sign by the area where we prep in the morning that just says, like, grace, not perfection. As a reminder to myself that the goal here is that we are all get out the door and do the things that we need to do. The goal is not that everyone was perfect, right? And that we got out. And I, I'm i actually the worst violator. Like, I... um. I don't know if this happens to you. I like start them, but I don't start myself. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I have time to do this, this one last thing in the kitchen because our back door is by the kitchen. So I'm like, oh, I'll just wipe this off or I'm just going to refill my water bottle, even though they're sort of, you know, on the way out the door. And then I end up being the one that makes us running late, not really them.
0: Well, Slate Plus, thanks for joining us and be sure to join us on Monday for a regular show and Thursday for another bonus segment. Bye.